0: The wonderful truth of the Bible is that we have a God who not only desires to heal us, but has already provided our healing through the suffering, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The sad reality, however, is that many, and in fact most, go through life never actually experiencing the healing power of God at all. Now, this doesn't mean, as some would teach, that God doesn't want all to be healed. It simply means that not all are receiving what God has already provided. This episode, entitled The Few That Break Through, will help you understand some of the essential characteristics of those who actually do break through and get their healing. Well, I want to welcome you to the Be Healed Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Hannett, and this podcast is all about equipping you with the truth about healing in God's Word so your faith will be receiving all that God desires to do in your life. Come on, get ready to break out of the mental, the spiritual, and the physical rut you may have been in, because the truth you're about to hear has the power to enable you to break through. So there's a very common question that people ask concerning healing When they find out that God has already provided healing to us through the Lord Jesus Christ, through the work that he accomplished on the cross. And they ask, well, if God provided it already, then why is anyone sick? Why doesn't God just take it away from everyone if he's already done it? Why is there any suffering on the earth at all? Well, part of the answer lies in understanding. The nature of God's promises. And to keep things simple right now, we're going to put the promises or the provisions of God into two different buckets, two different types. The first is that there are the unconditional provisions of God, and then there are the conditional provisions of God. And we're going to go to a very, very well known verse in the Gospel of John, chapter 3, verse 16. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Well, within this verse, we see that there are these two types of provisions. The first one is unconditional. The second one is conditional. The unconditional provision of God in this verse is God's love. It says for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God loved the world, that's the first provision. The second is he gave his only begotten son who is Jesus Christ. These two provisions, God's love and the sending or the giving of Jesus Christ to humanity, are both unconditional. In other words, no human being had to ask for it. No human being had to do anything for God to do that. It was God's own providence and God's own provision and God's own will that caused him to love us so much and give his only begotten son, Jesus, to us. It was unconditional. No conditions had to be met for God to do that. So it automatically is for every man, woman, and child there. But the second part of the verse reveals the conditional provision of God. It says that Whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Well, the condition is not just certain people, it's whoever, it's everyone that he loves in the world, it's to everyone that he gave his only begotten son to, but it's whoever believes has faith in Jesus, that's the person that is not going to perish, which means to die, but have everlasting life. In other words, where a person believes in Jesus, that condition, that faith condition is met. They will not perish, and, but have everlasting life. But the implication of the verse is that whoever does not believe in him will perish, and will not have everlasting life now, John chapter three verse eighteen goes into describing this expressly that those who do not believe are actually condemned because they've not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God, so again john three sixteen is showing us that unconditionally God loved the world. He unconditionally gave his only begotten son to the world he loves, but the conditional promise of having everlasting life is contingent or dependent upon the person having faith in Jesus. Well, when we understand that there are both conditional and unconditional promises or provisions of God, It begins to clear things up for us because healing is a conditional promise of God. It's given through Jesus Christ to the whole world, to whoever, but it's whoever believes and receives and moves in the conditional promises that are met. Now, of course, based on John 3.16, this is not a new or strange teaching. This is a rather fundamental and foundational teaching concerning salvation. Most Christians would receive that those people who believe Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior will be saved. The Bible says in the book of Romans that if you believe in your heart and you confess the Lord Jesus Christ, you will be saved. Most Christians also understand that if you do not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, if you, for example, reject Him, you are rejecting the forgiveness of your sins, and then you will be eternally separated from God and spend eternity in a place the Scripture calls hell. Concerning salvation, most people seem to accept and understand the conditional versus unconditional aspects of the promise. but. We don't seem to question God's will to want to save everyone. We seem to believe that God wants to save everyone because he's a merciful and loving father who sent Jesus to the whole world to save them. But we accept that not everybody will receive that promise based on Jesus' requirement of faith. But when we come to healing, people seem to have a different standard or difficulty asking, well, if God provided healing to everyone, why isn't everyone healed? The simple truth and reality is that healing is simply, like salvation, a conditional promise of God. Though God gave Jesus Christ to everyone to be forgiven of their sins and healed of their sicknesses and diseases, not everyone is automatically going to receive the provision of that promise unless they meet the requirements that God has set for the provision to flow. Now, again, as we've been doing throughout our episodes, we've been trying to show patterns in the scripture in both the Old and the New Testaments to show that there is agreement that there are principles that God is teaching to us so we may understand who he is and how he's functioning. When we begin to understand who he is and how he's functioning, it really does clear up a lot of the questions that we often get plagued with and that hinder our faith. So let's go to the book of Numbers in chapter 13 and look at an example of a conditional promise of God. And it was basically the very promised land that is spoken of so much in the Old Testament. The book of Numbers chapter 13, verse 1 to 2, reveal God's promise. It says, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel. For each tribe of their fathers you shall send a man, every one a leader among them. Now, this is a brief verse uh, among many that God was describing. He's giving the land of Canaan to the nation of Israel. And it's just one in which he's reaffirming that I am in the process of giving it to you. He's already covenanted that land to his people. And now he's in the process of giving them the land, delivering the land of Canaan into their hands. So God said to send spies there so they can look at the land, they can survey the land. In Numbers chapter 13, beginning with verse 17, Moses sent the spies out And he told them what to do and what to look for and and what they should be recording and seeing the state and conditions of the cities and the people and the camps and the strongholds and whether the land is rich or poor and whether there are forests there or not. And he tells them to bring back some of the fruit of the land. And that's when we pick up the story in Numbers 13, beginning with verse 25. It says, It says, And they returned from spying out the land after 40 days. Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran and Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Then they told him and said, We went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey. And this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong, the cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there, the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, the Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea along the banks of the Jordan. So what's taking place here is God declared, I'm giving you the land Go and look at the land, but they come back and begin to give a negative report of the land. But Caleb, in verse 30, said that he quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. Verse 31, But the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land, which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight." Caleb had an attitude that said, we can do this. God is giving it to us. We can overcome. But the other spies, except Joshua, gave a bad report, and they said that we were not able to overcome and apprehend it. Now, God's reaction to this was very severe, and he shares how displeased he is in Numbers chapter 14. But specifically, God says the result... Of their attitude uh, and their lack of belief, their lack of confidence in God, would be that they would not see the land. It says in verse 22 Because all these men who have seen my glory and the signs which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness, and have put me to the test now these 10 times, and have not heeded my voice, they certainly shall not see the land of which I swore to their fathers. Nor shall any of those who rejected me see it. Did you catch it? God said they will not see the land which he swore to their fathers. In other words, God covenanted to give the land, but these particular individuals of this generation rebelled against God, rejected him, put him to the test, did not heed his voice, and therefore could not receive the conditional promise of God. The land that God promised, it required faith. It required obedience. It required humility. It required a determination that says, we will trust God. Look at the difference for Caleb in Numbers chapter 14, verse 22. God says, but my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him, and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land where he went, and his descendants shall inherit it. So the land was promised to the entire nation of Israel, but only Caleb and Joshua of that generation actually inherited and apprehended and occupied the land. In the same way. Salvation is given to all, but only those who believe and respond to the voice of God will receive salvation. And in the same way, healing, though it's been given to all, only those who believe and respond and receive the voice of God will apprehend and receive healing. This is why so many people are still suffering today. They have not believed, nor received, nor heeded the voice of God in this area. As I've mentioned before, the topic of healing is so mistaught, misunderstood, and misapplied that so many are doubting and not able to even know that God has indeed covenanted the provision to them. In Matthew chapter seven, verses 13 and 14, Jesus Christ, the King of Kings, our Savior says, enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it, because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. So again, let's remember that this is Jesus Christ. He's the lamb of God sent to take away the sins of the world. He's the one that God gave because God so loved the whole world as we saw in the Gospel of John chapter 3 verse 16. It's the savior himself who is saying that the gate toward destruction is broad and it's wide, and it's filled with people. Many go in by it, he says. But Jesus says to enter the narrow gate. He describes that the narrow gate is difficult, but it's the way which leads to life. But he himself, again, the Savior sent to save us, says there are few who find it. In the same way that God wants everyone to be saved, but few are going to be saved, according to this verse, so is healing. God wants all to be healed, but many stay sick while only few find their breakthrough. I want to declare to you today that just because few people go through the narrow gate doesn't mean that God doesn't want them to. It's a decision of what they will do or not do with God's word. The good news of Jesus Christ is that we can receive God's word. We can believe God's word. We can respond to his voice and we can be like Caleb and Joshua, who inherited the promised land. Yes, maybe two men out of three million in the nation were the only ones to get the promise, but you and I can be them today. You don't need to settle with doubt. You don't need to settle with rebellion. We can say, Lord, you have said it. You have promised it. You have made a way through Jesus Christ. I believe it. I receive it and I will walk in the joy of inheriting the promise. The people of God today on the earth should be walking in the fullness of God's desire and blessing. Would you repent and change your mind today and say, Lord, I'm sorry for rebelling against you. I'm sorry for not heeding your voice. Lord, forgive me. And Lord, I declare that I renounce All actions, thoughts, and elements of rebellion. Lord, today I desire to walk in your will and your word. In the letter to the Hebrews in the New Testament, it says in chapter 3, verse 12, Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily. While it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. While it is said, today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. For who, having heard, rebelled? Indeed, was it not all who came out of Egypt? led by Moses? Now, with whom was he angry forty years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose corpses fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who did not obey? So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. So it is so vital for us today to not make the mistake that the early generation of the Israelites made when God wanted them to go to the Promised Land. This is an hour where we truly do need to repent. We truly do need to begin to bow and bow deeply before the Word of God so that we may come into the place of rest. Let's come before the Lord today. Let's begin to declare that we will not have our hearts hardened. Let's begin to declare an end to the doubt of God's will based on the experiences of many? Yes, though many may not be healed, let's see why. Let's see that most do not believe, most do not respond to God's word with fear and trembling, with faith, with humility. But we can, you can, we can be the few that break through. We can have spirits like Caleb and Joshua. Today is the day. Don't let it pass you by. Go after it. Lay hold of it. Apprehend. Occupy the land, the promise that God has given to you. Well, I pray that this has been a blessing to you. We're going to continue this teaching about the few that break through next week. May the Lord bless you, keep you, and bring you into the fullness of all that His death, burial, and resurrection have provided. Thank you for listening to the Behold podcast today. I'd love to connect with you on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Steve Hannett. And you can get a lot of our latest information and announcements there. Also, would love for you to know about our TV program called The Miraculous Life. It airs on Sid Roth's It's Supernatural Network, also known as ISN. You can go to their website you can download the app isn on your phone and you can listen to it also on our youtube channel just go to youtube.com forward slash steve hannett there's amazing teachings and testimonies of god's power healing people and breaking through truly he calls us to live in his grace and peace well until next week may jesus christ lead you guide you and establish you in the fullness of His grace and power. Be sure to share this podcast with someone who you know it will bless, and I look forward to talking with you next week. God bless you. Be Healed is a production of Every House, a church network whose mission is to contribute to the work of the Great Commission by reaching the lost, establishing churches, and cultivating leaders throughout the world. If you'd like to give a tax-deductible gift to support this ministry, simply visit our website at stevehannett.com and click the Donate button. We thank you in advance for your prayer and support.